Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Father Tom Burke of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh and welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. The mission of Catholic schools is to bring young people into a relationship with Jesus, helping them to grow in virtue, compassion, and service. Along the way, students get an outstanding education, take part in sports and extracurricular programs, and make friends for life. But in recent years, enrollment has been falling in many of our Catholic elementary schools, partly due to higher costs. It's more important than ever to keep Catholic schools affordable for everyone while strengthening how they are operated and supported. In our second segment this morning, we will be hearing from Mike Frecker, who is the Director of Planned Giving for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, who will talk about how uh, state tax credit programs are helping our schools and our families. But first, Father Chris Stubna is here to discuss the regionalization of Catholic elementary schools in the city of Pittsburgh and the eastern suburbs, which I'm a part of. Uh, Father Stubna is my neighbor. He is the administrator of four parishes in Pittsburgh, including St. Paul Cathedral, and is the president of the new board of directors for the Pittsburgh East Regional. Father Stubna, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thanks, Father Burke. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate all you're doing in support of our Catholic and schools. We're neighbors, and uh, in St. Paul Cathedral, where you are the uh, rector and the pastor and the administrator of the other three parishes, uh, we're neighbors. So uh, it's great to be working with you Thank in the you. East. And I know, uh, as you are, uh, Catholic education is very near and dear to both of our hearts. And you, as the former Secretary of Education for our diocese, you have a great deal of experience with our Catholic schools. Why is uh, the model of the parish-based elementary schools no longer as effective as it used to be in the past? Well, you know, as you and I both know, living in the East uh, uh, region, which includes a good deal of the of the city of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and our neighborhoods, they were... You know, years ago, very strong, vibrant uh, neighborhoods with with large numbers of families and children. And so our Catholic schools were huge. Um, And many of the people attending belonged to the parish. They lived in the neighborhood. Um, And uh, the parish, they were part of the parish identity in Mm -hmm. a very real way. We have some of them that still function that way, but far less. Uh, you know, the, the numbers of children have declined. The demographics are changing. It's really hard for, for a parish on its own today to, to really support solely, um, you know, a school so that it can function in all the ways it needs to do to be successful. And a lot of the inner city neighborhoods, I mean, the, the schools were 
busting at the seams back in the heyday in the, in the 50s and 60s. And obviously the population changed with the steel industry uh, in the 70s and 80s. So uh, the people and the population have shifted and changed, and especially where we are uh, in the east uh, suburbs, in the city neighborhoods, it's a lot different. So, And, uh, and part of that is, of course, what the church is going through right, right now with, with the, the On Mission, mission. Mm-hmm. that all of our parishes are in groupings and, and learning to collaborate and work together. And, and the schools really are part of that, that whole sort of restructuring so that we can bring more parishes together uh, to support our schools and make them work for the, for the good of our children. So it's not business as usual anymore. I mean, definitely because of the population and the change in demographics, we can't just keep doing um, what we've been doing back in the, in the heyday when there was a lot more people. Yeah, not if we want to really thrive, thrive at, right? for the future. Bringing us together. Now, two years ago, uh, the diocese formed the North Hills region, uh, merging several pre-K to eighth grade schools to stabilize the finances and enrollment and enhance the academic quality and improve the collaboration. And I was part of that when I was at St. James and Swickley. Uh, we were part of the up and running North Hills region. And I the first year uh, that it, it came into place, I really didn't see anything drastic change other than the principal didn't report to me. They reported to the new regional director. Now, as a regional administrator and business manager uh, was hired for the North Hills, um, what will be the similar and difference uh, differences for our Pittsburgh East region, which will be coming up in, in July? Yeah, I think on a positive note, um, you know, the North region was brand new, Mm -hmm. something we had never, ever done in the diocese. And you know how that is. There's a certain learning curve. One of the benefits for for the East region is that we've worked closely with the board members in the north, uh, with the with the pastors, now the administrators, with the regional administrator and regional business manager, they they've all come to our meetings, have shared what's worked, uh, you know, uh, what the best practices are. So we we feel we're going into this with a lot more wisdom, uh, a lot more experience, and um, and and that will be a plus. But the East is different than the North. Right. You know, yeah, all four definitely. regions are going to be radically different. We have different problems, different neighborhoods. Um, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the city of Pittsburgh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really is changing dramatically. Uh, some neighborhoods are really coming back to life, but not so much with children. Right. You know, with young adults, with uh, uh, people in their 20s and 30s. So we, we, we've got to really look at the neighborhoods. And uh, I think one of the things that will be uh, somewhat different uh, for for the board is 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 working in very diverse uh, uh, neighborhoods in our in our region, uh, different economics, different demographics, uh, different problems and issues, and finding a way to bring everybody together uh, to be able to support uh, um, the schools where they need to be so that they can serve all of the children in our in in our entire east region. So there won't, it's not like a cookie cutter approach that you'll be will be doing exactly the same thing as the north because the north and the east are different and I'm sure when the south region starts next year and then eventually the west um, but we can still learn from the North since they've been doing this for several years. They didn't have anybody uh, to look to, so it was new for them, but they're up and running, and now they're stable. So you take a little bit from what they, their words of wisdom, but now create it in the East. Yeah, and one of, you know, one of the things that was tough for the North region was that they really had to jump to it yeah, without very right. much knowledge uh, be, because there were crises. Like a trailblazer, that, basically, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It had to be fixed, mm-hmm. and solutions had to be, had to come up. They had to come up with solutions quickly. In the east, we we've had over a year and a half, and we've taken that opportunity 
uh, since we've been formed as an advisory board, sure. our, one of our priorities was to get out to every single school in the in the East Region to meet with all the leaders, the priest, uh, especially the pastor mm-hmm. and the administrator, the principals. We we really have learned a lot about each and every one of the schools, what makes them unique, what their strengths are, what they're facing, and we feel like now going into uh, uh, becoming a governing board, which will be effective on July 1st, we we had the luxury of having a little bit more time to kind of step back, uh, really learn the landscape, and, and going into this, we feel that we've built relationships yeah. with all of the schools, and, and even with the changes on On Mission, the board now reflects the membership of of all of the groupings in our East Region, and I think that's also a benefit. Yeah, I, th- I think that's – I'm really happy that there is a, a board of directors, and, and recently a 15-member board was named uh, to lead the Pittsburgh East Region, and they'll be transitioning from an advisory group to a governing board like the North Hills. And all the groupings are well represented, so it, everyone has a stake in it, their stakeholders. How do our, our schools um, – uh, talk about the the goals and the priorities for the board. How do how are they being will be helping the schools? Yeah, well, I, th- I think in uh, sort of in response to an earlier question that you ask as well, it's really hard uh, to put the sole responsibility of managing and overseeing a particular mm-hmm. school on on the shoulders of a of a priest administrator. Right. Um, with so much else going on and with so many issues facing us, it it really becomes a partnership now that we can work with all of the um, parishes uh, in the various groupings in the region. Everybody has a seat at the table, mm-hmm. which is really a, a, an important goal for us because we want to involve all the parishes. Whether you have a school or don't have a school, the schools in the East Region are our schools. They're all invested together. And, and right. We need to be mm-hmm. invested this together. This is our school, not their school. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're our children because, right. you know, one of the things you and I share is a passion for our children. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. and our schools are really, you know, the best vehicle we have mm-hmm. to, to support our families in faith formation and leading our children to salvation, really. That's what it's all about. And, and, and we're committed to that as, as, um, uh, as priests and as the faithful. So there, to, to really build this sense that we're all in this together, we all own the, um, the schools in some way, and so we need, we need to find ways to bring people to the table, to help yeah. them invest themselves and in making this work. And that's healthy, too, because it's no longer just the parish operating that specific school. Yeah, the parishes were larger back then, had a lot more kids, and the pastor was overseeing the school with the principal, and there were so many people that you had all these individual parish schools, but now it's it's bigger and more people are more transit so you bring more people it's our school versus us and them you were quoted in the pittsburgh catholic newspaper saying that our catholic schools continue to be one of the best means uh the church to teach our faith to our children how do our schools accomplish that beyond the religion class yeah well of course you know faith formation is at the heart our catholic mission uh who we are as believers but but our children are living in a culture today that is very much um of fighting against what what we believe what we what we um, know to be the truth and how we're called to live as christians so every single day our children are coming to an environment with with teachers who are teaching because it's their vocation Mm -hmm. uh, who are trying to make our children more holy we have an opportunity in an environment from morning until they leave in the afternoon uh, uh, to really uh, uh, not only learn the gospel, but to live it. 
And, and that's that's really uh, difficult today in the culture in which we live. So I think the schools provide that kind of atmosphere and and setting to it to achieve what is a, a very, you know, important goal for all of us. So there's so much uh, competition out there. I mean, there are very well uh, established um, school districts in the East. Uh, there's a lot of private schools, charter schools, and uh, there's a lot of different options. So for parents who are considering uh, a Catholic education, what would you tell them? I would say it's the best investment they can mm-hmm. give to their children because these are the great beginnings that, that, that will form their children, give them the strength and the ability to, to, to become very uh, faithful uh, and, and, and fruitful members of the church and the world. So uh, it's, it's an investment well worth making. As they say, um, you know, you invest in something and then you see the fruits developing in the future. Well, Father Kristobna, thanks for being with us this morning on Catholic Education Plus. Thanks, Father Burke. It's great to be with you. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the administrator of the Catholic Community of the East End of Pittsburgh, which is the parishes of St. Bede and Point Breeze, St. Charles Luanga in the East End, and St. James in Wilkinsburg. And this morning, we are looking at strengthening uh, how we can strengthen our Catholic education program. In our second segment uh, this morning, we are looking at two education-related tax credit programs offered in Pennsylvania that are helping to keep Catholic schools affordable. And here this morning to talk about these opportunities is Mr. Mike Recker. Mike is the Director of Planned Giving in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Mike, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you, Father Tom. Pleasure to be here. And it's good to see you again. You, you were uh, coming uh, to St. Beach School last summer uh, when you first arrived at the diocese, and you gave a nice presentation to our uh, parishioners to talk about the uh, educational improvement tax credits and the opportunity scholarship tax credits. So uh, it's great to see you again this morning. Wonderful to see you, too. It's a great program. I'm very enthused to inform the audience here about the program. Now, first, tell our listeners about these two programs, uh, EITC, that's the Educational Improvement Tax Credit, and also the OSTC, Opportunity uh, Scholarship Tax Credit. Briefly, uh, what what are they and how do they work? Well, they're funded through the uh, DCED, which is the Department of Community and Economic Development through the state of Pennsylvania. And it is a true tax credit, meaning the taxpayers that participate in the program can receive up to a 90% tax credit for their Mm. donation for the eligible scholarship organizations. So it really is a wonderful win-win. The program started all the way back in 2001, and their initial funding was $20 million. Uh, Today's budget, they're up to $210 million, and we're hoping and praying for a significant increase on an annual basis, if at all possible, because it has proven to be a wonderful program throughout the state of Pennsylvania. The, uh, the interesting part about the budget, the education budget, that a lot of people may not be aware of, the, the state education budget as a whole uh, from the state taxpayers is $11 billion that we spend. If you add the municipal taxpayers uh, in, in addition to that, we spend, as Pennsylvania citizens, $30 billion a year in education. Wow. Now, we talk about the increase in our program for the EITC-OSTC combined, and you know that is significant. It's $210 million. But if you look at it as a percentage of the overall budget, it's less than one-half of 1%. 
So we're we're really making you know a great effort to increase this program, and I'm encouraging voters to contact their local state legislators because Absolutely. Mike Terzai has done a wonderful job on behalf of the entire state and certainly a strong advocate for Catholic education, and we're hoping that we can get his uh, initiative passed, which which is in the House right now. That's great, and obviously uh, people pay uh, tuition to send their kids to get a good quality Catholic education, but I always remind my parents that, that the tuition doesn't fully um, cover the whole cost. So you still have to pay uh, the, the teacher salaries and benefits, um, the utilities, uh, the plant and operating. So there's so much, uh, only so much fundraising schools can give and um, now that we're doing the regional method, you're, the parishes, you're taking that financial burden off of a single parish and putting it. So these are definitely opportunities for people to help to make uh, affordable Catholic education. Well, they can make a significant difference. Mm-hmm. And, and what's new, in, in 2018, uh, we were asking for some clarity on the laws. In other words, when the program was initiated, it was only business owners, business mm-hmm. owners that were involved as a partner uh, of a pass-through entity generally, but also C corporations could participate, directing their uh, tax dollars towards a s- accredited scholarship organization and getting up to that 90% tax credit if they participate for two years, which most of them are. They want that 90% credit. What we found out is that individuals that are not business owners can also participate mm. through what we call a special purpose entity. And those SPE members, and we're increasing our footprint here with the diocese and asking for more donors that are eligible to join us with our special purpose entities because now they, if they own uh, stock that's subject to Pennsylvania tax, they don't have to be a business owner. They could be an individual that is considered a high net worth individual in a general Mm -hmm, sense. mm -hmm. And if they owe in excess of $3,000 to the state of Pennsylvania, they might be able to qualify to join our special purpose entity with the diocese. And that's a great win for us because we can increase our overall uh, tax credits that will be funded for Catholic schools. So not only businesses can help out, but also individuals, but also too, individuals. If, if their financial portfolio uh, has that. So can you explain the need and the opportunity for more businesses to participate in both the EITC and the OSTC programs? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, what I didn't mention uh, earlier is that the, the EITC, OSTC, the EITC is the Education Improvement Tax Credit. The OSTC is the Opportunity Scholarship Tax Credit Program, and that funds that scholarship allows students that live in a vicinity, the municipality where they live, that mm-hmm. is an underperforming school. In other words, their school on an academic level is in the lower 15%. We have quite a few in the greater Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. And I know, uh, Father Tom, in, in your school, you have some OSTC-eligible scholarship Absolutely. recipients. Right. And that's, that's a big win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we're trying to do is, is encourage additional donors that have not yet investigated this program to contact us and to be a part of the program and, and to look into it through us because we have, uh, the, the, we have the resources through our website and through contacting you know, my office in particular. But it, and how it works is that they're going to make a donation to the scholarship organization. The state's going to acknowledge that and give them the tax credit if they participate for two years and 90%. Hmm. And there, we can receive both EITC and OSTC funds, so we're hoping to get an increase. And for our special purpose entity-affiliated 
locally here. We are anticipating um, up to 600,000 additional credits, uh, maybe as low as 300,000, but we're hoping to get up to 600,000 additional credits uh, for next year and hopefully more the following year. So what it will take is, is more activity, more additional uh, individuals and businesses that could come forward and participate. So the leaders, uh, business leaders and others, uh, they can apply and receive these, these state tax credits. They help their companies and they also help uh, the Catholic schools. Uh, as somebody listening this morning, can they um, specifically identify, specify a school that, that they would like to receive the funding? They absolutely can. If they this, live in a particular neighborhood? They can, or? They can designate mm-hmm. any of our diocesan schools to be the recipient where, the, where the scholarship recipient would attend and that's really a great benefit of our of our program uh, and the other the other part I think it's well worth mentioning is that what focused uh, myself in this uh, endeavor enthusiastically is that we I look at the end product I look at the students that come out of our Catholic schools and these are wonderful students I mean we're molding the the productive and moral citizens of the of the future and for the for the donors they could actually you know, use your tax money, you know, where you can see it. You can see those kids in those schools. You can contact the schools and get a tour of the schools if you're a donor and really actively participating, and the principals would be happy to have you come out and see what's going on at, at their local Catholic school. It, it could be uh, alumni. It could be people that live in the neighborhood or uh, a former parish school um, or something, or they know an area that's in greater need uh, that don't have the financial means. It's their way of giving back Absolutely. to helping their schools and making Catholic education more affordable. And they're helping our families out uh, to get a good quality uh, Catholic education. They are. And it's also documented that these citizens that are participating and graduating from our Catholic schools have a higher rate of graduation mm-hmm in the colleges or trade schools, they're performing better. They're also ones that have a greater tendency to give back to the community and coming back, whether living in the community or donating in the future, supporting our Catholic schools for the next generation beyond themselves. What a way. It's a win-win situation. Absolutely. Helping them out and making making the schools a lot stronger, and that's the whole focus for uh, this morning's program. Mike Frecker, the Director of Planned Giving uh, for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you. And I can be reached at uh, M. Frecker, that's M-F-R-E-K-E-R, at diopit.org. And our website is diopit.org forward slash affordable, where you can get more information on the EITC program. Okay. We'll be back in a moment. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring a young adult night at PNC Park on Friday, May 31st, as our Pittsburgh Pirates will be taking on the San Diego Padres. It also includes the Embelli Fireworks. This is a great evening, 530. Uh, there will be Mass uh, over at St. Mary of Mercy Church on Stanwick Street at the Point, followed by Moe's Southwest Grill Dinner, and then 705 Baseball Game at PNC Park. Tickets only cost $25. That includes your dinner and the game tickets. Again, this is on Friday, May 31st, as our Pittsburgh Pirates take on the San Diego Padres. A wonderful young adult night at PNC Park. Mass at St. Mary's at the Point. Moe's Southwest Grill Dinner, followed by the baseball game. To order tickets, only cost $25. That includes your your dinner and your game ticket. Uh, $25. And visit pittsburghpriest.com, pghpriest.com, to order your tickets. Again, a young adult night over at PNC Park Friday, May 31st, as our Pittsburgh Pirates take on the San Diego Padres, Mass, Southwest uh, Grill from Moe's, and the 
baseball game. We'll see you then at PNC Park. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus, and thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 6.30, right here on KDK Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.